Good day to you. Welcome back to The Leftovers. This is our penultimate Colossians episode. Next week is Easter. Yes. We're in a, well, I know I don't speak for Claire, but I'm in a kind of haze because it's it's the school holidays. So that means there's no club to prepare for. (laughs) I'm like, oh, lovely. Claire's with us. Hello. (laughs) If you hadn't (laughs) noticed by the video or heard her voice on um, Anchor, Spotify, CastBox, wherever you you listen or or tune in. Um, So yeah, Claire, you shared the sermon with us yesterday. Yes. We were in Colossians 3. Now this is one of the separations that annoys me in the Bible. 3, 1 to 4, 1. Why do they not just like shift the four down? I'm very confusing, isn't it? It's It's just it. Quite obviously, the paragraph breaks one verse into chapter four. So, but there we go. I don't know if we can be frustrated with the way the Bible is split up, but it's not originally like that, is it? Anyway, so Claire, you mentioned yesterday there was quite a bit that you oh that chapter. I mean, it's divided in this Bible is divided in three sections. Each section could be its own, like, sermon. Um, You could have broken down so much into everyone. So we had basically 10 minutes to do each section and charge through the whole chapter, um, which I think ended up being close to 40 minutes than 30 minutes by the time I was done. I'm I'm personally not first if a sermon's 45, (laughs) so I would have been perfectly happy. But there's, it is just, I mean, Paul's letters are crammed full Mm. of so much information, so much great stuff. Um, So I did see on YouTube or um, I was looking on a website, a church website. I did see that they had managed to take chapter three, two verses at a time. And so that way you could basically preach on Colossians for the entire year, couldn't you? My it's goodness. how many verses is it? 25. 26 so if you add, 4 one. Yeah, 4 one, 26 verses. That's 12 weeks plus, isn't it? Easily. Yeah. You might say 13 weeks. You could. You could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know it's going to be an interesting one where my maths is better than anyone else's. Um, yes, and we were saying about Paul's letters being crammed full. That's where we get a lot of the church's theology, isn't it? It is. Um, Paul's letters. Yeah. Uh, right, so yeah, diving in to what you left out, you, you mentioned the two lists that there are. Yes, so now, verse 5, isn't it, the first one? Yeah, 5 and then 12. 8? Eight. 8. Yes, 5 and 8 in that first section. Ah, yes, so the other two lists. Your, your Bible doesn't quite break it down into three sections, you've only got two, so... Well, I'll blame this version of the NIV. Yes. So take us through, because you you differentiate those lists in a certain way. So take us through that. Yeah, well, they're very interesting. So these are lists of things that we need to put to death. Um, The first one um, is a list that is um, acts that we commit outside of ourselves. The second, um, sorry, no, inside. They're they're things that are, are taking place inside of ourselves. The second list is the one that we do to other people. So we we sort of direct them externally rather than internally. So um, I, I said yesterday, the first list starts with the act 
and then goes through to the reason. So we've got sexual immorality, but then it goes through impurity, lust, evil desire, greed. It's all starting to go back and back and back inwards until we get to idolatry. So it's basically we're looking at um, the root cause of sexual immorality is idolatry. But with the second list, we've got, we end with lying, but we start with anger. So it's like the root cause of lying going backwards would be anger um, if we're doing that. Um, And it's all about taking offence. I'm angry because I feel I've been unjustly treated. I've, you know, what you've done. Which you could say is idolatry in itself. Yeah, because I am the most important um, person in this equation. Um, So they're basically... They both have the same root cause, but they play out quite differently. Mm. Um, one is just a very, um, I mean, you talk about, uh, it mentions here things like um, lust, evil desire, greed. Those are some quite deep-seated, rooted um traits that are just quite unpleasant. Mm. I mean, evil desire... And um, what does does your version call it anything different? No, I've got these evil desires as well. I mean, that's that's really narrowing it down, isn't mm. it? And that's just quite a frightening to thing to think that you know these are people that Paul is rejoicing with, calling them born again Christians, um, sharing the gospel with them, and and you know looking at some amazing truths with them. But yet he's he's quite quick to say that, you know, one of the issues that we're all dealing with is evil desires. What I what I desire to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, that's exactly what I do. Which is a big combatant of the idea that once you're a Christian, you stop sinning. That's uh, that's quite popular in, uh, I'm not going to say which circle because I'd get it wrong. But I remember a comment. Um, interaction I had on YouTube a number of years ago where someone said, if you're a Christian, you're not going to sin. And I was like, well, that's not true. <laughs> and if, if oh, that no. is true, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> yes. Um, and then pointed to the numbers of times Paul mentions that in his letters. But here's another here's another one, isn't it? Speaking yeah. to a, a church which, for all rights and purposes, is relatively healthy. But this is still going on. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because the culture, I mean, we could put um, so many things there. Sexual immorality is played out today Mm. in public in so many ways, whether it's, um, you know, gender ideology, not (laughs) ideology, gender ideology, um, the you know, um, same-sex marriage blessings in the church, Mm. that kind of... I mean, there's so many ways that this is creeping into... Even um, um, uh, heterosexual sex outside of marriage. Yeah. We don't mention that in the church much, but that happens quite a lot in in the church nowadays. Um, Which is... I mean, we've got um, the case... When I was... Um, in America, it was really interesting because the divorce rate in the church was higher than the divorce rate in wow. the secular 
um, society, there was some some um, polls done, and it showed more Christians were divorcing wow. than people who would say they weren't. They mm. didn't hold any particular Christian beliefs, um, but yet they held marriage, their marriage to be more important than a lot of the Christians did. And again, that's because we've gone down this list, isn't mm. it? And the root cause is ideal, idolatry. Um, who do we worship? You know, okay, <clears throat> your marriage not, might not be great at the moment, but what it represents mm. is a covenant that you made with that person at the very least, or we're looking at, you know... What was the reason for that marriage to start with? Yeah. Like, it was was that out of a good place? Was that a godly way to, to go, go through yeah. it? The, the, the root cause is always important to assess, isn't it? Um, so we're, we're, this is kind of a little segue. Um, with any breakup in relationship, there needs to be forgiveness. Yes. Yes, there but does. But can there be forgiveness without confession? No. And it was interesting because, well, yes, from, from, from one, one person's party. Yeah. party. However, the, the other side of it is you have to um, confess your sins one to mm. another to seek that forgiveness. Um, and, and that's one of the other things that we didn't look at. So in the second section, um, tucked neatly in between um, another couple of lists, Paul does like a good list, and verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. So this is quite a key part here of how we transform from the old nature to the new nature, to the new man. And it has to be through forgiveness for ourselves and then towards others. Um, but the, again, culture has taken this mm. and totally twisted it. We have, there is an, um, something inbuilt in us that we need to confess our sins. Mm. We, we have to um, confess our sins. It's part of the way God's made us, the way that we are. <clears throat> um, but yet culture... Um, has has seen that and has taken it and, of course, twisted it, perverted it. So true confession and repentance of sin has been abandoned. You're no longer allowed to even suggest somebody might be a sinner. Mm. Um, and so that's an issue. But what they've put in its place is a false confession. Mm. So we now have very publicly... Um, I think the latest one that I saw um, was the actor Guy Pearce. He was an Australian actor. I've heard of him. Yeah. And he um, put on Twitter that um, if straight people can't play transgender people, does that mean transgender people can only play trans transgender roles and he was absolutely vilified <laughs> so then he has to come on and publicly confess his sins and repent he was born in ely oh was he yeah apparently just side note 
So again, it's that, you know, the the church, I think it was the Church of England <clears throat> in the middle of COVID at some point, um, confessed the sins of slavery mm. and um, of their historic acts that they may or may not have done and publicly repented um, to the nation, I guess, mm. of what went on. I mean, if, well, if you're a, a white um, heterosexual man, I feel you need to repent for the patriarchy. So sorry. <laughs> because that's, you know, that's what people are doing, isn't mm. it? They're repenting for, for all kinds of things that have actually shaped and created and made the world where it is now. But we're having to go back and retrospectively repent for all kinds of things, whether, you know, the um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, the um, Methodist church repenting for homophobia, which I, I bet a lot of people in the Methodist church do not feel that they are homophobic <laughs> or have ever sort of, you know, openly offended mm. Um, homosexuals mm. it's but it's the thing to do isn't yeah. it and it's how culture creeps in it's not just false teaching but culture i think it's it, well it is false teaching it's though a, isn't it it's some form of, it's some form of a fear of missing out that if one church the anglican church c of e um or they apologize for that we better do that otherwise people are going to come after us and then that starts a chain reaction of Yes. Doing it for social, what's the word? Not social justice, social. Well, just just being, um, yeah, like you say, just being up with the latest. Mm. It is a sense of one, of being terrified of missing out or... Mm. Or being or, caught out, more, yes, more like it. Yes, and yeah. not being um, seen to represent the the culture and the the people that are around us right mm. now so I just thought that was a very interesting you know forgiveness is so important mm. um it's central to living the Christian life whether it's asking for forgiveness or giving forgiveness there's a very there's very little in society of forgiveness given is there I mean we get cancelled at the drop of a hat yeah. And you can be completely wiped out. And we are seeing um, Christian Concern were talking um, a week ago or two weeks ago about an evangelical Methodist college where one of the lecturers was mm -hmm. fired for actually saying biblical truth. Marriage yeah, um... is for a man and a woman. But, but it is. More and more people are just being completely cancelled for these false confessions that mm. are taking place. And there is no way back. There's no recourse except to capitulate culture, um, to completely just agree with what the culture is saying currently. And even then, there's no guarantee that you'll be forgiven and allowed back into society. And to take it out of the church for a second, J.K. Rowling is one of those people who's just been hounded and almost slaughtered with words by the culture yeah. around because she was Cozy Parker in, in yeah. New Zealand mm. um, last week. A very similar 
women on a very similar platform. They, they're not Christians, I'm sure. No, neither of them. J.K. However, Rowling is a classic feminist, not this third way, third, yes. fifth, seventh, ninth, whatever way it's on. I don't know. And that's why she's, well, people have tried to cancel her. She's still loud and, and yes. all that. Not yes. that we'd agree with a lot of what J.K. Rowling says, but anyway. Um, but it's, it's just um, scary historic offences, forgiveness, mm. and it is just a horrible um, result of idolatry, self-worship, um, yeah. and making myself centre. Yeah. Whereas God says we're all equal. Mm. He sneaks that in. Paul sneaks that in in verse um, 13, is it? No, 11, isn't it? In Christ, there is not yeah. Greek or Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but in Christ is all. Why is Scythian in- there, Claire? I don't know. You don't know? Oh, do a quick that was I thought of that yesterday. Why Scythian? What is now? Scythian? I did read it. Um, I think they were a particularly barbaric race. I'll look it up and add it to the description afterwards. <clears throat> but I know I did, I did read in one of the commentaries what that was, and it's just mm. gone, it has uh, slipped out of my mind. One thing we see Paul do is he takes it from church life and personal life to the household in the later part of the chapter. So you did the classic wives submit to your husbands. You did the husbands love your wives, children obey your parents. Yes. You didn't do the, I've got, I've got the word slaves. You've got bond servants. Slaves obey your earthly masters. You, you elaborated well, actually, this on... version has slaves. My other version that I was using yesterday has bond servants. Okay, so talk to us about that, because that's, well, that's quite a taboo subject, isn't it? It is. Um, but again, that whole, um, we're all equal in Christ. Um, Christ is all and in all. Um, so we're in Christ, and we are now equal. There is no distinction. Mm. Um, very interesting, because... Paul also writes a letter at the same time to Philemon. Um, Just a short personal letter, really, in many ways, asking or not asking, but kind of telling him to take back his slave bondservant, Onesimus. Or I Um, like to say Onesimus. (laughs) Yep. Um, So we know Philemon would have been part of the church at Colossae. Now, in Philemon, um, Paul says to the church, to Philemon, and he talks about the church that meets in Philemon's house. So potentially the Colossians could have even met in Philemon's house. Um, We don't know. Um, But Onesimus was Philemon's slave. Paul sends him back to Philemon Mm. with a letter now, this would have been one of those really, really um, tough things for Onesimus and for Philemon. The normal punishment for a runaway slave was crucifixion. Mm. Um, Philemon, according to law, would have had every right to have put um, Onesimus to death on a cross. 
So this is a huge thing for Onesimus. I mean, we are looking at men who have gone through that radical transformation that Paul is arguing for as being an outworking of the Christian life. Um, if it's if it if we are raised with Christ, since we are raised with Christ. Yeah. This is now how we have to behave, which is so different to the culture. So he sends Onesimus back into that household mm. with Philemon there. Now, he probably has been talking to, and I can't think who the leader at the ch- of the church was anymore. It's gone. But the, the guy oh. f- from Colossae who went... Um, to go see Paul in the first place, which caused this letter to be written. Where is he? Both hunting drastically. Epaphras. There he is. Epaphras. So probably Epaphras would have vouched for Philemon, would have told Paul of the the changes that had been in his life. Mm. Um, Paul knew Onesimus, and so he sends him back, and he's asking these two men to forgive each other. Central part. Both of them probably played a part in Onesimus running away. Notice how he he talks here about um, whatever you do, do it from your heart. Um, Don't work only while being watched. Mm. As people pleasers, there was probably some undercurrent going on here as to what what had gone on with Onesimus and Philemon. Um, He doesn't mention them um, publicly, but he's laying some groundwork here for what he wants them to, to to follow through on. And it's hard for both of them, but being a Christian means acting and thinking differently yeah. and behaving differently. It's radical um, and it impacts every area of our lives. And we don't know what happened for Onesimus, but I think we can be fairly, fairly sure that he was taken back into the household. And I'm sure it took time to build up trust mm. between the two of them again. Um, but Paul is quite clear. In Christ, there is not slave and free. But we are... <clears throat> but Christ is all and in all. So because now we are... We've died, we've repented, we've come through the cross, we are equal in God's eyes. Mm. And then that has some implications for how we live that out on earth. And it doesn't just have implications for for slaves. We see down in the first verse of four, it has implications for masters as well. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Yeah, People ignore that bit um, because... The argu- one of the arguments against Christianity is that, oh, it condones slavery and things like that. Whereas, well, here we see, yes, but it's right treatment on both the, the slaves' part, the master's part, treat your slaves well, yes. treat them well. And they would have been part of the household as well, wouldn't they? And, and he's just gone through that whole list, hasn't he? Wives submit to your husband, but husbands love your wives. Yeah. Um, children obey your parents, but parents yeah. love your children. <clears throat> Slaves work hard from your heart, 
for your masters, but masters treat them well, love your slaves. Yeah, you know, and and they would have been part of the family because mm. they would have lived there and they would have worked in the house, and, and so you would have got to know them well. So. W- you might not have an answer for this. What's the difference in the uses of bond servant and slave? Did you look into that while preparing? No, I didn't. Um, I don't think there is. Okay. Although I'm dredging back into the past, a bond servant is one who willingly becomes a slave, a servant. After, of, is it after a certain amount of years yeah. they have the choice to either stay yes, or go? Or go. And is I it think seven years because I, th- I'm not sure. Now you're pushing it. Yeah. No. But I think that's why Paul. <clears throat> Paul quite often refers to himself as a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ in as much as I have no choice in this mm. except to serve Jesus as my master. Yeah. And it's quite, it, there's a subtle difference in there between um, just being made to work and choosing to enslave yourself to mm. somebody's household. Yeah, amazing. Um, is there something else you'd like to touch on? No, I think, um, I mean, again, it's it's just such a gallop through this whole chapter, mm. um, packed with, uh, Paul does love a good list, um, so it's packed with several lists, but I think the, the middle section is the one that is just so encouraging. Um, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, and that's us. Even though he's just talked about how, you know, we're vile with evil desires and immorality and anger and lying, we are God's chosen ones. And we can choose to put that old man off and put on the likeness of Christ that is ours, that is there for us if we will humble ourselves and submit to the Holy Spirit. We died to our old self and we raised yes. again with Christ, which is a beautiful segue to this week. Um, just yes. quick, this week is a busy week. It's not really, is it? No, it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a lot this week's to a prepare. busy week. Um, so it is, as the church calls it, Holy Week. Yes. Uh, Palm Sunday yesterday, Maundy Thursday's coming up, Good Friday's coming up, Easter Sunday as well. Um, just a quick one on what's what we're doing. If you weren't with us yesterday and you are a member of our congregation, we are having a prayer meeting on Friday, 10 o'clock. Yes. With hot cross buns, praying for the weekend. Yes. Um, In particular, praying for those who received the Try Praying booklets. Yes. um, That they would come on Sunday and it wouldn't just be a, uh, oh, fine, then I'll come along. That's it. But that the Holy Spirit really touched them. If you need a Try Praying booklet, we still have a few left. I think it's 28 to be just, precise. Just um, call us at the church and we can make sure that we get those out to you as fast as we can. Yeah, it might be the, the biggest push we've done evangelism-wise since I've been here at least. So it's quite exciting to see what God will do. And we are celebrating Easter. We're not doing an episode on why we celebrate Easter because I'm done. I'm done with justifying ourselves. We're doing it. I don't care. Um, we're celebrating the death and resurrection of our Lord. I Amen. don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, we don't worship the sun because of sunrise services. That's a stupid thing to say. Um, as we like to say, that guy sucks. <laughs> anyway, before I get ranting even more, um, final remarks, anything? You, you hunky-dory? 
Yeah, no, that's all good. I'm looking forward to hearing the last chapter. Mm. Um, the final greet, the final, not the final greeting. The final greeting. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of summing up, the conclusion. Further instructions. Of all that. It is final greetings. Ah. Yeah, there you go. The conclusion of all that Paul's been saying and just um, seeing how he rounds it up. Yeah, closing out this letter. It's been a good series. It's been a challenging series, which was the point of doing it really, wasn't it? Yes. And, and so uh, looking forward, not looking forward to it ending, but looking forward to the end. Yeah. Um, um, of it. Yeah, Dave is on that, not this Sunday, next Sunday. Join us for Easter if you're in the air. It'd be a joy to have you. Have a good week and uh, see you very soon.